In 2021, New Yorkers overwhelmingly approved an update to the state's constitution to add language guaranteeing a right to clean air, clean water, and a healthful environment. But what does that guarantee mean in practice, and how significant are those protections? Well, those questions are being debated in New York courts through a variety of legal cases. To discuss what's making its way through the judiciary and potentially to the top court in the Empire State, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Suzanne Novak, a senior attorney with Earth Justice. Welcome to the show, Suzanne. Thanks so much for having me today. Well, for starters, from a legal perspective, does a guaranteed right to clean air, clean water, and a healthful environment represent some sort of nebulous promise? Or from your perspective, is that a clear roadmap that should be easy to follow, both from, I guess, an administrative perspective as well as a legal judicial perspective? It can be viewed two ways, which is the most important part is it's clear, is that All residents now have a constitutional heightened right to clean air, clean water, and a healthful environment. But it will be up to the courts to kind of parse that over time to figure out what it means for a particular case. But it is not ambiguous what they have a right to, but it will be developed what kind of facts um, establish what might constitute clean water, clean air, and a healthful environment, and what might not. Well, then let's turn to the judiciary. Are there any cases that you're particularly interested in, either because of what's at stake in the specific case or the possibility of setting a, a precedent because of how far along they are in the process? Yes. So there is a case right now that is on appeal to the appellate department in New York. It's fresh air for the east side, and they are suing both the state of New York, the state's Department of Environmental Conservation, the city of New York, and Waste Management of New York, which runs a landfill, the um, second largest landfill in the state. It's called High Acres Landfill, and it affects counties in the Finger Lakes region. There's already an opinion in that case from the lower court, and it's currently on appeal. So um, sometime probably uh, later this year, there will be an opinion, and that opinion from the appellate court will be the first opinion by a higher court. Well, starting with the initial trial court's decision, there were a bunch of different elements to their ruling that I I think we should talk about. And one of those aspects is this idea that the trial judge found that the Green Amendment itself is self-executing and not requiring additional action by the legislature. What's the significance of that? Well, the significance of that is if it weren't self-executing, then the plaintiffs, the fresh air for the east side, would not be allowed to be in court until the legislature passed a law saying that they can bring a case to enforce the Constitution. right? But in New York, there's a presumption of self-execution. And if you look at the wording of the new right, And, you know, the overwhelming support of it and why the voters voted for it, as well as the legislature, you know, it's clear nobody was waiting for more action by the legislature. They wanted change and they wanted this constitutional right to have meaning. They weren't just passing it for some symbolic reason. And they were frustrated with the state of the laws. So, you know, I think it's clear that they did not want to wait around and see if the legislature wanted to do something about this right. They wanted this right to have meaning. 
Well, you mentioned that there are multiple parties that are the defendants in this case, including New York City, state regulators, as well as the private landfill operator. The judge at the trial level found that the Green Amendment is not enforceable against private companies, only against the state in this instance. What do you think of that ruling? Is that in line with how you feel like the Green Amendment should be interpreted? That really is a matter for the courts. I mean, that is more of a, a legal strand that the courts will need to parse out. I mean, it, it's very clear in case law that when a private company is very much intertwined or meshed in government action, that they could be sued standing in the shoes of the government, like be considered a government actor at that point. That is definitely going to be an issue um, that's going to be debated here on appeal it's a separate issue if they don't meet that standard of being so intertwined that they're standing in the shoes of the government, whether they can be sued. You know, again, the courts will have to decide on that, but it's a two-step process for, for them to consider. I don't think the lower court went through many factors in considering that. So I think there, there will be a more robust opinion on that on appeal. Lawyers uh, for the defendants, the, the landfill in particular, have argued that traditionally state regulators have had broad uh, authority to enforce laws, and in this case, the DEC has, in their opinion, a wide latitude to implement this amendment as they see fit. What do you think of that argument? Well, I think it's true that in the past they had broad latitude, and then there was a sea change. The legislature and the voters decided with over 70% of the vote that they were not happy with the status quo. They did not believe that they were achieving what they felt that they were entitled to in terms of clean air, clean water, and a healthful environment. So they made a change. And this was a significant change. It is now a constitutional right. It is in the Bill of Rights, which is like the most precious and most fundamental rights are located there. And it, it just doesn't make any sense to say, oh, well, DEC used to have all this discretion. They should still have this discretion. They had discretion. The results were not satisfactory to the residents of the state, and they wanted change. I mean, to argue otherwise, what does the state and what does waste management think the effect of this constitutional right is? Nothing. Nothing should change. It just doesn't make sense. The attorney general's office for New York in defending the Hoko administration here has argued that the simple reading, the plain language reading of this amendment doesn't impose any mandatory responsibility uh, on the state to take enforcement action or otherwise change DEC's discretion uh, for when they're going to take enforcement actions. What's your sense uh, of that reading? The constitutional right, in some respects, that is true. It doesn't affect their statutory responsibilities, but they now have a new standard that they have to make sure their actions or inactions are not violating. And so the plaintiffs here and, and the judge agreed with them are not saying it's this permit that you granted or gave that was wrong. It was this enforcement action that you failed to take and, and that's what we're challenging is wrong. They're just saying, look, whatever the mix of things you have been doing, there's now a new constitutional right and this is violating that right. So you can't continue with the status quo. You have to do something 
to make sure that our rights are not violated. So, I mean, they, they have discretion, but as the court said, like they don't have discretion to violate the constitution. They have discretion within their statutory schemes. And the voters of New York spoke and said, that's not sufficient, that using of that discretion. You need to meet a higher standard and a higher bar now. And that's what they have to do. You know, the judge at the end of, of his opinion made a great quote. Indeed, the vigor of the state's opposition to this lawsuit does not bode well for its enforcement of the Green Amendment. You know, it <laughs> is disheartening that they are fighting so hard against this. Well, another element of the trial judge's ruling was that the plaintiffs basically don't need to get bogged down in sort of administrative avenues like an Article 78 or petitioning the DEC before trying to utilize uh, the Green Amendment language in court. Is that an important distinction that they're making that you'd like to see uh, upheld at the higher courts, that people can just use uh, the court system as an avenue for protecting their constitutional right in this case? Absolutely. It's very important. Again, DEC is trying to put this in the box of their statutory scheme and what you had to do previously when you were challenging their action within the statutory scheme. That's not what we have here. Constitutional rights. I mean, it's very important that people have an avenue to argue that their constitutional rights have been violated. Um, so there, you know, this this doesn't relate to all the schemes that have been set up by the state to deal with enforcement of the statutory schemes. This is something completely separate, and that's what the court recognized. It's also it's very important to recognize here the procedural aspect of the case, which is what is going up to the appellate division, what the state has appealed, is a ruling on a motion to dismiss, not the outcome of a case. And so what DEC is saying, and the other defendants, Waste Management on Appeal, is that it doesn't matter what facts are here. You do not have the right to be in court to even make this argument. You know, we don't know how the case will turn out. It is possible that if it's allowed to go forward, the court will determine that constitutional rights were not violated. That's having your day in court. Let the facts dictate what the um, end result should be. But that's not what they're saying. They are saying that you can't be in court at all. You can't take us to court. We have no responsibility about these constitutional rights. We can just continue how we did before. Well, as we talk right now in mid-January, uh, as we've mentioned, this case is going to be heard by a mid-level appeals court. Will it ultimately end up at the state's top court, New York's Court of Appeals? It's hard to know. It's hard to know if whoever loses would appeal it up, try to uh, get the Court of Appeals to rule on it. It's unclear if the court would take it. But, you know, again, even if the plaintiffs prevail in this court. It's just going back down to the lower court for what regularly goes on in a case, a trial, production of evidence, witnesses, things like that. So it won't be the final result in the case. However, it looks like given how hard the state is pushing to ensure that residents of the state cannot sue them or cannot try to fulfill their constitutional rights, they might push harder. I mean, my, my point is, even if they lose here, they could still appeal at the end and maybe win on that. But they want to make sure that this case is not allowed to continue and that cases like it 
can't be brought. Well, if this case doesn't go to the state's court of appeals, does that mean that any rulings, either from the trial judge or at the mid-level appeals court, are limited to this part of the state or this type of Green Amendment case or just like landfills in general? Or could the potential be more far-reaching than that? A ruling by this court will be binding on the lower courts within that department. Um, However, it will also be very persuasive throughout the state. And so a ruling by this level of court is very important, and lower courts throughout the state will look to what that ruling says for guidance. Now, it's unclear which of the arguments the ruling will tackle. There are many issues, especially that waste management has brought up on appeal, and the court might rule on a few and say it's unnecessary to get to some of them or it's unnecessary to get to them at this time. And in terms of you know the facts of the case, at, at this point in time on a motion to dismiss, all the facts that are alleged have to be assumed to be true. So it really is turning on whether they're allowed their day in court, not necessarily has like the landfill alleged enough, that type of thing. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Suzanne Novak. They're a senior attorney with Earth Justice. Suzanne, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to. Thanks for having me. Capital Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.